Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, testing one, two. We all good? I've been breathing into the microphone for the, the past sing- minute. Just listen to my own nose. Uh, that's all good. Yeah. I-, I was telling, uh, welcome to the podcast, guys. I was telling Deborah about this entertainment center that we got. Our big treasure hunt is to go to the Goodwill Clearance Center. Have you guys been to the Clearance Center? No. So all furniture, nothing is over 10 bucks there. Oh, wow. And you'll find some real treasures there, and they're fun to fix up. Is it real loud? Why do people whisper it's loud instead of screaming it's loud? There's a microphone right there. (laughs) We got Deborah with us here. She's all shy. Are you shy? No. You're gonna pull our You're trophy right off the thing. teacher. Sorry. Gosh. Yeah, we got the the Dyer clan just came straight from uh, Christmas party. right? Yeah, we went to a Christmas party at World of Beers, and it uh, kind of blew out both of our voices because it's loud there, yes. and like everybody's trying to communicate. It's it's difficult, dude. I had the best time there. Remember Matt Go Lightly back in 2007? Yeah. He beatboxed on my Chris Dyer for Congress. Freedom That's rap. right. I, I gotta find that. Okay. So he works there. He's a bartender and... Ah, oh, he works there. Okay. Because yeah. I saw your Facebook because I stalk you. Yeah. Um, MySpace.com, Chris Dyer for Congress. It's on, yeah, MySpace. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I spent the first hour that I was <laughs> at Deborah's Christmas party talking to my old friend Matt Golightly. It was wow. awesome. He's from Mix. And I don't even care that if anybody was like, well, that's pretty jerky. Cause no, I don't think anybody was annoyed by it. Because good. They know that you haven't been in town for a while, too, right. and that you have to get caught up on relationships when you see people. Yeah. And they were kind of blown away a little bit because when we walked in, I guess someone had come over and said, which way did that couple go? He saw us and walk they, in. They were a little freaked out by like, Deborah lives on the other side of town. What, how, how do, you know, what do you want with that couple? Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're famous out here. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't know? Yeah, we're a big deal. Yeah. You're a real big deal. Yeah, we walk by and people nice like want our autograph. They want to sit down and and shoot it. So I love that there's a school Christmas party at a bar. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't really a bar, it, we but it was loud. So I'm gonna associate that with every expectation that a bar should be. And in the mall. So oh, hey, if you want to go mall. see Santa, go to Galleria Mall. Why? He's not busy. And oh, okay. And the Santa looks but, sweet. You know? But town, town, town Square, you get on your app, what time? 7.15's open? Boom. Oh, you can And just a, walk in. Hi, Santa, here for our 7.15. That's the way the internet works. Now. Yeah, that's yeah. the day and age. So you don't have to stand in line and punch other parents. Nice. We haven't done it yet, but we're going to do it tomorrow. That, that's the fun of it. What, standing in line? And punching other parents. Oh, that's, yeah, that part. I, I'm all for it. We went to, it was two years ago, we went to the tree lighting at Town Square and it was cool, little crowds, hey, look, and then we're holding our then six-month-old up and trying to show her that this is something that she's going to appreciate years <laughs> from now. She didn't. Um, no. <laughs> she still doesn't. Uh, but I remember pulling out and getting into, you know, that loop around Town Square, and cars wouldn't let us merge in. It's just like... Yeah. But that's think the whole fun part of it. Yeah. If you can't... Oh you got to lift that mic up. Oh, that, that mic's one of those mics. You got to... 
bring it up to your mouth. <laughs> Chris is teaching his yeah. wife how to yeah how to pod how to pod. It's a heavy microphone. I know it is. Yeah. Is yeah. it is it too loud still? Because man, no, it's way it's too okay quiet. Now. We can trade if you want. You can have the one on the stand, and I'll take that one. <laughs> no, I'm okay. You See, sure? I love that Deborah's here because Rose sat here last week, right over there. Then afterwards, we had a conversation that she she thinks I'm too mean to Chris. I could not figure that out. You sent me a text, yeah. and you're like, my wife says I'm too mean to you, and we went back and forth. You're like, well, whatever. I'm sorry. I don't know what you said to no, me that made I, her I think s- that. Said I, 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 it was because we were starting off. You got really excited. When I oh, hear I record, have a lot to say at one time. You have a lot to say, but the, you, thing, but the thing is, I, I realize our listeners, we're trying to extend it. Yeah. So we have our friends that are excited that we're doing this. But we can't we can't talk to them yet. Right. We got to talk to everyone that's just like, what's this? I go running down the hill and David's just like uh, pumping slow, the brakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm so, like, slow down. We got an hour to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rose has never seen the way you and I. Talk right. To well, each that's other and that's just it. Exactly <laughs> so, what I said to David. Think, <laughs> think about that on my way in, and yeah, of course we're doing insider baseball now, and now we're doing inside stories. But I, I realize, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you've welcomed in stray dogs your whole life. Um, yeah. You welcomed in Chris. Welcome in Shane, and then you eventually welcomed me in. So right. I don't know where, where your life stands now with uh, we, who you're we welcoming. We still in. welcome in some friends. We've but... taken in a stray that's uh, one of our niece's boyfriends. We're trying to right. adopt that's him. That's actually what I was thinking. Yeah. And so then that, yeah. led, that led me to another. We've, all, we've also helped. We've also taken in one of your cousins. Uh huh. Yeah. A couple yeah. of my cousins. Oh. Yeah. Actually, three of them. We've oh, okay. yeah adopted them. Yeah. So yeah. We. So, so the niece thing, I thought of them for for some reason. They're my go to problem child. I'm sorry <laughs> if this is bad. I'm putting on, but they're my go to like worried, concerned parents. Okay, that kind of thought. Right. Like, how do I raise my teenager? I think of this whole village that's raising your your nieces well, right I now. I think everyone's turning out pretty good. You know, yeah. one of them got into um, SUU, Southern Utah University. Nice. Got, got into. There's got it. <laughs> good, thing, good thing you're not a master. you don't have your master's degree. Okay, so, and then the other one is in Northwest Career and Technical Academy for Biomed to be a nurse. All right. So, it's pretty good. Yeah. They're, they're okay. Rachel got into Northwest also for um, teacher education. That's cool. So now we're just worried about Joe. Not worried. Well, is he still peeing the bed? I haven't even followed up on oh that one. Gosh. Is he good? Is he past that? <laughs> Sometimes. Did he eventually get his G.I. Joe? I guess he doesn't really listen to this, so it won't embarrass him. But yeah, he, we, we, it, it's, it, oh, like, no. What? For, I was making a joke. So for, no, for me, I know that to have a good night's sleep, I need to go pee before I get in bed. Yeah. Or otherwise, I'm going to have to get up at midnight and go pee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I forget, and I go to bed, and then I wake up in the middle of the night and have to go pee, and then I get to sleep for the next three hours really good. Uh, Joe goes to bed sometimes without taking a pee before bed, and then, yeah, the, the switch isn't there. I don't know what it is. It's, yeah, we've been to specialists and everything. It's oh, just man. a matter of retraining. He gets tired, hour. and he lays down for what he thinks is a nap, and it turns into an eight-hour sleep sesh. And, you know, he brought a full bag in and <laughs> he's like, he's like fuller on uh, yeah. Home Alone. But in, in Joey's defense, though, Chris's mom has told us that on his side of the family, they have these problems along with all the other mental issues. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We've, we've narrowed down the mental issues. When you talk, we talk to, okay. And just for everyone who doesn't know, how old's Joey? Joey's 13. 13. Okay. Um, so... 
when you go to a specialist, are they working out the physical aspect or a psychological aspect of it? Right or both? Now, right now, it's the physical aspect because okay. they actually, you know, when you go to this urologist, it's a pediatrician with the urologist specialist attached to their degree. You, you go there and they have you pee into this cup that measures... And it's just like the just where your thing. bladder is, yeah, yeah, where your bladder is, and it has to go with a lot of different things, and how often you go number two, and you know that puts mm. pressure on the bladder, and you know it, it's the fact too that they said it, it starts in school. So when when your kids start school, you don't even realize this when the teacher says in kindergarten, no, you can't go, you have to hold it, and then, yeah. then it goes into first grade, and they do the same thing. Uh-huh. They're training their little bodies to not go, and their their muscles have to stay, you know clenched all day long and it's not meant to be that way mm-hmm. so joey kind of had problems in school he would have issues and he would wet himself and then um you know we didn't realize what it turned into so now his body's kind of flipped mm-hmm. and so now we have to work with him on retraining his bladder okay because at nighttime when it does get to rest it rests it rests and yeah it, and it just lets go when it's supposed to hold all night his is holding all day and then relaxing at night we've got to flip it Okay, that yeah, makes a lot more sense. <laughs> no, that makes, no, it makes. It's, lo- it's very interesting on how to get it to flip. It's like requires the kid to go to the bathroom every two hours. We, and, uh, I was in second grade and we were at Disney World, and it drove my parents nuts because every thirty minutes, yeah, I had to go to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom, and they were just convinced that mm-hmm. there was an issue. So I ended up seeing my pediatrician talking about this. I know what it was, though, and I've thought about years later what it was. Is I've never had sugary drinks in my life, right? and we just happened to have a big canister of Gatorade powder that we kept putting into water bottles and I kept chugging. So, yeah, like every 30 minutes. Have to go. But, yeah. the, but the problem occurs when someone tells you you can't go, yeah, and then you have to hold it. See, I can see the psychological part of that because yeah. you, you start to worry. It's just like when you don't know when you're going to eat next and you get worried, so you start picking out. That's my problem a lot of time because I don't know if I'm going to have a day where I'm in my office all day or I'm not. And so I recognize, like, I get worried, so I start storing for the winter instead of realizing, (laughs) like, no, you're going to go eat between this time period. You need to go eat, and and I need to time it out. But I realize whenever I have weight gain, it's always because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to eat next. I'm worried. It's it's amazing what we, we do to our bodies just because of time restraints or, you know, not knowing when you're going to get your next meal because you're busy. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard. Yeah. Jake was, uh, he asked something about... Oh, I, I'll it, pull it up. What Let's it, get Jake in the podcast. What is the narcissist? Like, I guess he didn't go back far enough, but the backstory is oh, there. Right, I don't even want to get into it again. Let me just get into yeah, his like, video because I like hearing Jake's voice. Right? He had some commentary on the show. Let's see. He said we need more Megan. Freaking awesome. So this morning... I- oh, Oh, it's because it flipped. Wow, group me. You guys are freaking awesome. So this morning, I listened to the last three episodes in a row of the Dave Against the Machine podcast. (laughs) Wonderful. But I have to ask, who is the narcissist, and why haven't I heard about him before? But in any event, really, really liked it. I kind of miss Megan, but I realize she's doing fun stuff. So awesome. Good job. (laughs) You guys are awesome. Thanks for allowing me to kind of hang out and stalk you inside of this. (laughs) All right, so what Jake doesn't realize, um, four, episodes, four episodes ago, we did record an episode, and Chris talked at length about, um, well, that the was the, our, our good friend, Chris, um, Carl Bunce, the narcissist. 
No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that was the introduction to the narcissist at yeah, work. Well, it yeah. was the introduction. Pula. And yeah. then I thought we kind of wrapped it up. <laughs> no, we did. We, yeah. we put an end to that. I still haven't made eye contact with that dude at uh. work. I do not look at him. He, he did try and say hi to me, and I ignored him. He's like a big blank space. I like Pula. He said I was hot. I like him, too. But I have to remain consistent, <laughs> mm. and uh, I, I do not speak to him. It it uh, makes my I, I feel like I'm having a panic attack when I even think about working with him. Mm. I work with his type. I just don't have to work with him, right? So I work under a roof, and then every once in a while I have to communicate. And I just decided a long time ago that I'm going to be this little puppy dog that wants to be their best friend. Because I know within 30 seconds I'm going to walk away and not see them for another week. Yeah. And so every time I do come up, I just act like a little puppy dog. How are you? How are you? Man, you did this. That was so cool. Good job of doing that thing that's so cool. It's easy to manipulate them (laughs) when you don't have to be around them all the time. But the thing is, too, is like I I can't lie. I have to mentally be that puppy dog. Right. And so I find those things like this is really good. And then I see that person in the hallway because it's not my go-to like, be fake. Right. It's like, I know that thing that I like about you. This is it. And then there's other stuff that drives me nuts and I hate about it, but I just don't think about it at that moment. Have you been following what's been going on with cryptocurrency? Yeah, I noticed our good friend uh, Darren's doing something right now. Doing something. So, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> Darren had the idea to buy a piece of land for juggalos to gather on every year so we don't have to deal with uh, the gathering of the juggalos in these places changing the video This is the, the insane second. clown posse. The insane clown posse yeah. has a gathering every year. Darren was like, let's buy a place and call it Juggalo Island. And people said, oh, this guy's going to steal money from juggalos. So I bought 30 shares, two bucks a piece, 60 bucks I'm in for because we like Darren. We know we can trust him. I've been to shows with Darren's him. Darren's a nice guy. Yeah, he's great. He's an Air Force veteran, Marine Corps veteran. Men on Craigslist. I love that. Right. We, we're looking <laughs> we for did. somebody to like get involved in some sort of Gathering of the Juggalos documentary that never... Uh, well, other people have made documentaries, know, so we didn't want to... We didn't want to like make something that somebody else has already made, so yeah. whatever. But we made a friend out of it, and he had this idea, and I threw some money in, and eventually... It built up to the point where he was like, if you think you're getting ripped off, I'll give you your money back. I'll give you your money back and then some because it's already worth more than when you gave it to me. At this point, he's buying back those $2 shares for 25 bucks a piece because he took the money that he gave us and he asked, can I take – I think he got up to like 6000 bucks, which was nowhere near the million dollars he wanted to get. He was going to sell 500,000 shares at 2 bucks a piece and – you know, you could buy as many as you wanted, and we would have had that money. But he got up to six grand. He says, can I invest this money? And we all said yes. Anybody that doesn't want to invest it, he gave them their money back. He took that six grand, and he put it in cryptocurrencies. It's now worth $200,000. He has enough money to buy that land. We said, hold off. Wait. And he still, he has, Deborah asks me why he does this. He, if you're following Juggalo Island, on Facebook, he will every once in a while put, do you accept Litecoin? Post your address for a little bit. Uh, he got me to get a Coinbase uh, wallet. He got me to gotta get a Jax wallet. And whenever he posts something like this, I get $5 worth of Bitcoin or $5 worth of Dogecoin. Whenever he says post your address, I go to my wallet and I post the address. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what does he get out of this? He's just making these little micro payments. He's educating people about crypto. When people say, I don't know what this is, he explains it to them. 
so I, I don't I don't I don't want to tell you how much my little bit of Bitcoin that he's given me has turned into, but it's turned into a lot more than when he gave it to me. Uh-huh. But if you follow Juggalo Island and whenever he puts these posts, you put your address, he'll give you some. Mm-hmm. Then the other day he posts, I just found an old wallet with two Bitcoin in it. I saw that's that thirty grand. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like that's why he's doing it. Karma just went and gave it back to him tenfold. Yeah, whatever he's been doing to teach us about uh, crypto has just turned around. Now, if you own a Jack's wallet and you open it up to all these different currencies, they will give you money sometimes. Some of these currencies will just give you money. I don't I don't know if like it's I'm, I'm you know to promote their their currency. Mm-hmm. But it's basically free money that Darren's given away that's going to turn into more and more money. So if anybody wants to follow Juggalo Island and you know, if you really want to, I don't think, I think he still takes investors, but eventually we're going to have our own piece of land. I'm going to own a piece of a festival ground. That's awesome. Because I'm not maybe giving up my Maybe that needs to be shares. the documentary then. Maybe we need to go over, have him walk us through where he started, where he is now, and then we go there for the opening of the festival, for that, the first when, one. When he gets the land, then that's where, it, the yeah, that's where the movie starts because this dude took six grand of Juggalo's good faith money and turned it into an island. Man. And, and it, yeah, it'll be amazing. So you start with it, with him getting the land, and then you do all the backstory? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a whole cryptocurrency story and a story about, yeah, just a bunch of scrubs who <laughs> handed, <laughs> handed their money over to one of our guys who just happens to be a genius. Darren's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny to see people calling him out, and he gets real butthurt about it. I know. I can see that. I, I get all his posts. Yeah. I think his stuff goes to the front because I'm always reading. Like, I'll look up his Facebook page directly and yeah and i see when he hands out the money too and i think i need to do that and i just keep kicking myself but i remember it was 2010 i was living at boys town right driving my ford focus with ron paul license plate and a motorcycle cuts me off and flags me over to pull over i pull over and the guy says i'm sorry but i saw your license plate and i just wanted to say hi i was like that is so cool you're so cool thanks he said just one more thing have you heard of bitcoin and I said, no, I haven't heard of it. He said, you need to get in on this thing right now. Mm. It, it's it's seventy five dollars a share, but you need to get in on it. <laughs> and Doesn't it kill you? I, but I mean, I look back at that, if, and and if then you I guys then could see David and Chris's face when they talk about. I have what to, they should have done. I know it. the, the, the thing is, sad. but it's the thing is, I went cry. back. The thing is, I went back and I talked to my wise mathematician friends, the yeah. Bunces. Oh, it's just a negative, negative, negative. Don't do it. Oh, they poo pooed it. I thought yeah. they were all about it. I thought they well, well, they were all about physical gold back then. Right? Yeah, I'm talking about 2010. Dude, era. I mean, it's like when you okay, you look at a market like the airline market. If you invest, in, I, I say this like you can you can woulda coulda shoulda all you want. If you didn't invest it in Southwest Airlines, you'd be rich. Yeah. If you had invested in any other airline, you'd be screwed. Netflix when when. Friends were poo-pooing. Oh, right. you have to watch it through versus your, Blockbuster. We, yeah, right. And, and uh, Walmart versus Roses. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, a, a million things that you can say woulda, coulda, shoulda. Apple versus Dell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's in every industry, there's a winner and a loser. So, mm-hmm. who knew? I mean, every, obviously, a lot of people knew. But right now, it's been climbing like crazy. Like, the, I mean, it's tripled or something since like January. It's you know, over the past year, it's nuts. But yeah, Darren definitely got in early, and 
Yeah, I watched my little $15 turn into $45 over a matter of months. And That's I was like, fun, dude. Oh, it's not fun. Because if I'd have had That's a lot awesome. more in there, it all would have tripled. It's, it's killing me. Because, yeah, you could have gotten in in 2010. One Bitcoin. Yeah. Ugh. It's, it's aggravating. Well, I remember we had a, a big stack of cash for something really easy, an easy job that I did. And, and it, we just let it sit in a safe for like six months. It's like, <laughs> we need to put this somewhere. So we put it into an investment that is proving fruitful. And it's nice because I'm just, it's like, I'm so glad I'm not letting it sit somewhere. But um, those cases, just like, yeah, it's, you can't put all your eggs in one basket, but put them in a couple baskets. Yeah. One of those baskets is going to get pretty big. Well, that's why I told Deborah if I had uh, $25 million worth of Bitcoin that I had somehow mined back when it first started, if I mm-hmm. had that much money right now, I would be divesting it like crazy, waiting for the bubble to burst. Even if it's not going to, you're going to need to get into land, real estate, mm-hmm. shopping centers, apartment complexes, well, whatever. Take that money and spread it. I just learned that the, the Winklevoss settlement that they had against Facebook, they yeah. ended up getting like a buttload of money, like $200 they million. took $11 million of that and put it into Bitcoin. Bitcoin. And now and they're, they're billionaires. The first billionaires. They each have half yes. a million or half a billion dollars in Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It, well, they only took a little piece and put it in Bitcoin and it, yeah, it's made them incredibly rich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only in Bitcoin. But I mean, yeah. at, at that point, when you have a billion dollars in Bitcoin, you've got to be like, okay, we need to buy a country or something like, you know, like let's, <laughs> let's get this out of Bitcoin before Bitcoin crashes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of spooky. Um, you mentioned something about doing some events for like politics. I had some ideas. Uh, yeah, we're going to map these all out. Yeah. So like I, I was looking at the campaign, uh, the Clark County candidates page. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, you know, always like a meet and greet at some bar, right? Yeah. And, and I was thinking, what if I just made everything that I'm doing already an event? Um, grocery shopping with Chris Dyer for lieutenant governor <laughs> at Smith's from 6 to 7 on Tuesday night. Because you, you should at least send out the invite. Right. And then the, I think the way that Facebook is set up now, it's going to go to all the moms and dads in the in your neighborhood that are fans of Smiths and say, Chris Dyer is holding an event near you. And then people say, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And then... But at least I'm holding events. Like, Chris Dyer will be at Capriati's from 345 to 415 ordering a, a Capistrami. <laughs> you know, meet and greet at the at the Capriati's in North Las Vegas. BYO sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I just go in, I buy my sandwich. Somebody goes, Hey, are you Chris Dyer? I go, Yeah, yeah, hey, nice to meet you. And I get my sandwich and I go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will you and just ask everybody, will you endorse me? And then every time somebody says yes, just send an email like Joe Schmo oh. just endorse me. Key endorsement. Chris right? Dyer receives key endorsement from, from, from Joe yeah, Schmo. Joe yeah. Schmo at yeah. Capriati's event. Yes. Yeah, I'll get a picture of me with my sandwich shaking their hand or yeah. something yeah <laughs> give them a bite shove it in their face um <laughs> why I, are you rolling your eyes <laughs> deborah's not happy about me wanting to run for office what's again. your concern what's the beef there's just no concern i just don't want him to do it it's not time yet there is it is it because you not, believe in your husband we are not settled we have too much going on it's just that's the whole point, though. We, no, it's not the whole point. No, no. Because then I have to get involved, and I'm nowhere near there. How do you have to get involved? See, our, oh, our wives make us God. do it right. That's the problem, Chris. I enjoy doing it wrong. That's my no, thing. I love no, it. No, you can't do it wrong, because if you do it right, you could actually win. 
I could actually win. Listen, good. Then your husband makes ninety grand a year. Have you seen? But no, he doesn't want to do it right. That's the problem. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but he, he could Megan, win. Megan turned me on to a book about persuasion uh, from Scott Adams, mm-hmm. and, and I listened to the whole thing. I gobbled it up, and I'm, I'm listening to one of his other books. But the guy that we have in office right now wasn't supposed to win. That's true. And, and he worked the system. He, he, he did it. This persuasion stuff won't work on me. I understand, but it will work on the general public. All they, okay. But... <laughs> so, have, oh, they're gonna use this episode against you. Even his own wife doesn't want support oh, him. Please, that's perfect. You know, I, She's I, playing right into my hands. We have too much going on with everything we've got doing. We've got to move across country, move again. Again? Well, Again. we have to go get our stuff All and bring it back. Oh, yeah. We've got to set up a house. I realize we're going to be in North Carolina Sunday. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Do you want to drive a uh, moving no, van back? I'm there, for, I'm there for an hour, 25 minutes. So. <laughs> but, you, but you can make it a four-day trip on the way back if you a like. Layover? Okay, that's good. Where yeah, are you yeah it's layover. Where, where are you heading? Uh, we'll, we'll talk off, off the record. <laughs> ah, that's super secret. No, it's not super secret. It's just we post this on the internet. Yeah. And so, anyway, my mom's going to be here watching our house while nice. we're gone. Yeah. Yep, and she she carries. She she's got yeah. She's yeah. well armed. Uh, <laughs> um, I watched an episode of Veterans in Politics with uh, Jordan Ross on there. Oh, blah, blah, blah. oh really? Uh, the there um uh, there is there is a girl that was at the meeting, a blonde girl that was with Steve Sanson, and uh, I think somebody said it was. Or you said it was his wife, but her name is Mantis Toboggan on yes. Facebook. <laughs> Could be That's a stripper wife. name. <laughs> no, Mantis Toboggan is one of the aliases of Danny DeVito's character on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. Dr. Mantis Toboggan. Oh, my goodness. You're so right. That's used, why it's familiar. She uses that as her pseudonym, and they actually call her that on the show, like, with a straight face. I'm here with Jim Jonas and Mantis Toboggan. Uh, Jordan Ross, tell us a little bit about yourself. So he doesn't say give us a quick bio about yourself anymore. But That's because we stole that. I've got to get on Veterans in Politics. I'm going to reach out to Steve after I mention it here on the podcast. He just wants you to kiss the ring, and then you're on, dude. I'm going to reach out to Steve Sanson, and I want to get on his show because Mantis Toboggan got in Jordan Ross's butt on that episode. Uh, she, She, I believe, uh, mixed up him and his dad. His dad, uh, Robert Jordan Ross, is a reverend, and he did the invocation. And she was like getting in Jordan's butt about, you brought up religion, and you said this about Christianity, and this and this. And Jordan is like, "Um, that was not me. I'm actually a Unitarian. And he had to explain what Unitarian was. I had no idea. Uh, I'm a Jew, so uh, (laughs) just putting that out there. But... uh, yeah, she was all up in him, and I'm like, I want to be on that show now. Like, is would, she, wait, she's a guest host. She is one of the hosts. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, you got to get on that. I totally am going to reach out to Steve after mentioning it here. I want to put it out on our podcast first. You know, you got to gather. You got to waffle on it too. Like, you got to be like very hardcore religious. Yeah. And then and then backtrack on that to the point where you're more atheist than Penn Jillette, Like. And and then come back to it, where it just throws her off. Where she's just like, she 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 sees you as a serious person. I, I don't even know if she would do any like research on who we are, but yeah, I mean, I want to get on there and promote our podcast. Clearly, I mean, they have viewers and listeners. Yeah, they they sit in front of a giant green screen 
uh, it's very distracting with the you know veterans and politics. I've been seeing logos. that. I have watched uh, about a month ago. There's some weirdness. Yeah, and I like when they get all like awkwardly nervous about <laughs> the fact that the camera's on them and they don't know where to put their hands and stuff like that. They do like three whole quick segments. Like they don't spend an hour talking with one guest. It's it's really like smashed in there. Like it's mm. it's kind of sad. Like they could really get to know somebody, but. I mean, they don't take the time to, <laughs> to really dig in on them. No. I, I renewed uh, Team Nevada this week. Okay. Uh, so that, that uh, uh, nonprofit is available uh, to use as the uh, campaign uh, political action committee. If, you know, I, can, I, can, you know, I can say, well, uh, you know, Team Nevada is my campaign. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit up Steve this week now and uh, see what's going on with him. Make it, make it so. Yeah. Um, so have you been following any of the Ruben Kewen stuff? Dude. Deborah, have you? No. Nope. Do you know who Ruben Kewen is? Nope. He's your congressman. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> Matt Golightly and I, who I just mentioned, uh, that used to work at Mix, used to work with Ruben's brother, George. Uh, they're, they're half Lebanese and half Mexican. Good oh, looking, okay. good looking gentlemen. They're fine looking people. Omar is also one of the older brothers and Omar I guess, uh, was kind of notorious when he worked at, they worked at Harley Davidson Cafe together for um, uh, being a little bit handsy with the ladies or a little Really? Bit, yeah. And he, he told uh, Matt, you know, oh, it's all lies. It's all lies. But Matt's like, if he's anything like you, then I'm going to go ahead and believe that it's not lies. But George who was the black sheep of the family that we worked with, was kind of jealous of Ruben because his family was very proud of Ruben. He's, I think he's an attorney and he's on the political path and everything. And, and now I think George gets to go, ha-ha, like, look at, <laughs> look at what's happened to Ruben. Like, yeah. I mean, is there more than one accusation? Like, they're begging for him to step down now, There's right? just the one accusation from a staffer, but the evidence is pretty thick. It's still an ethical issue uh-huh. because he approached her aggressively. She'd said no so many times. But then he starts to use that, do you know who I am? Oh, Lord. Kind of crap on her. Yeah. So then she reaches out to the Democratic Party and says, your, guy, your candidate is being very aggressive to me. This needs to stop. But they were very in love with the idea that this guy is going to actually take out a uh, sitting Republican this time around. He's the golden child. Yeah, so so nothing nothing became of it. Right. And so now everyone is me too, and she jumped in on that and got more credibility to it. But then the text messages and everything that uh, she communicated with the Democratic Party um, came back as pure evidence and showing the text message like, look, I complained about this. Nobody did anything about it. And so then now everyone is jumping on that saying, yeah, something needs to be done about it now. It makes me wonder if... Um like, do people come out and say, like, Ruben, you have to pay me off, and I'll shut up about this, and no, then he doesn't? No, what's happening right now, the Democrats are owning it. Yeah. And they're taking action against themselves on it, because we have Republicans that are in the same boat. But the right. Republicans are just sitting still, like, screw you, I'm still here. Prove it. Yeah, prove it. Yeah. Um, and so the Democrats are show, looking, playing the long game. Hey, remember when all this stuff happened? Remember when all of our guys fell on the sword? Yeah. I'm sorry. You should take the comfy chair. We're just jerks. <laughs> but what I'm thinking, I'm like, because I, I, I put it down, I guess, you know, selfishly to my race, because I believe that Michael Roberson, from what I know about him, has probably done some things to ladies that aren't 
savory. And I would assume yeah, that... Yeah, but he makes really good eye contact. Right. But I would assume that if anybody had a beef with Michael, they wouldn't just go to the press and throw him under the bus. First, they'd go to Michael and say, pay me off. Uh, and, and give him a chance to make it go away every no, cycle. No, that's not going to happen. Well, then I it, really, hope that if it ever has then happened, ask that Ron it comes Paul's up. grandson about paying people off. Yeah. Seriously, dude. So <laughs> I, I hope that... You can't do that. If it has happened, if Michael Roberson has done anything unsavory, that after filing... There's another candidate, uh, uh, Lafada, La uh, Jeff Lafada or something like that. Uh, our, our political director for the county uh, hipped me to him. But he might run as an independent, hmm. which is jerky. But uh, this guy's a clown, too. Like, nobody, nobody <laughs> cares about him. He's single. You're the only clown. Come on, No, no, man. no. He's single and weird. I'm married, and I have four kids, and, oh. and I'm, I'm a cool guy with a normal job. This guy's a goof. Yeah. The, they're all clowns. But I hope that it's just me and Michael in the primary. And then if it has happened, if he has done anything to anyone, that someone will just come out honestly and truthfully and throw him right under the bus. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I know it doesn't mean anything to Republicans. They're, they're voting for Roy Moore. Doesn't matter that he got thrown out of the mall for talking to the teenage girls. Signing yearbooks. So, I mean, I don't know what Michael Roberson would have to do and how it plays in Nevada, because 16 is the age of consent. And I'm not saying Michael Roberson messes with kids. I'm just saying I'm sure he's had some inappropriate contact with ladies. He is a powerful dude. He's probably pulled the don't you know who I am. I've mm-hmm. tried that too. Uh, it doesn't work because <laughs> I'm nobody. Yeah, you're so, a veteran. Right. Yeah. Don't you know who I am? I'm the expediter. Or, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two-time veteran. Two-time veteran. Oops, yeah. Sorry, I get your mic oh, down. You, potted, you potted her down. Yeah, she got up. Yeah, this. La, you're good. You're back. Lafada, la, la dude, like, yeah, rhymes with Nevada. Mm. Like, the wrong pronunciation of Nevada. So, that makes me happy. Have you seen California burning up? Dude, we were there a week before all this. So we, last Wednesday, we were all there. Act of terrorism, apparently? Uh, well, who's saying that again? People. Yeah, people. <laughs> oh, dang it. I was supposed to get Megan set up. Megan, we're going to get you on that. We'll, we'll get you set up, Megan. Discord. Discord, yeah, I know. Not Skype. Yeah, Discord is not Skype. We're going to get you set up, Megan. We're still working out the tweaks. Anyway, <laughs> Megan had told us that. Um, but yeah, we were out there a week earlier, and I asked Rose if I can present this to the universe and she kind of made a statement on our way out there because i wanted to go up to the getty and up to um the um observatory oh right where um where paul abdul filmed that video where everything uh, was filmed yeah (laughs) i know it's rebel without a cause but paul abdul and and keanu had the yeah rush rush video yeah so um anyway we we were gonna we're talking about visiting her uncle and then she's her quote was these landmarks are always going to be there. My uncle won't. Oh. But we end up going down to Santa Monica anyway. Okay. And, and, and then I showed her the video that everybody's been passing around of the flames. And I said, so what's always going to be there? Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is, those landmarks are still there. They're still protected. In fact, I learned the Getty um, is where it is on purpose because the trees are all retardant and fire can't spread. Oh, I thought Deborah was giggling. No. That. No. No. You just flip. I'm just joking. Sorry. <laughs> Bad Religion has a song called Los Angeles is Burning. It's 10 years old, and I went and checked the comments, and a lot of people have, like, you know, oh, I watched the news, and I had to go watch this song. You know, like, the the, the song describes exactly what mm-hmm. is going on. You but know? those hills are set up that way, that there will be these fires. Right. Especially in years when we don't have a lot of rains, that we're going to get those in. Uh, our mountains are set up in the same way right now, too. Um, it's expected if you own a... 
cabin or lodge or anything up in Mount Charleston, it's going to burn into the ground eventually. in the next 50 years, eventually. Yeah. Uh, it's just set up that way. It's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, the Getty, they built the whole structure, too. It can't... It's actually when you get an exceptionally rainy year, then you get a lot of stuff growing, well, you, yeah, and then it dries you out. you got to get the growth out. And yeah. so what they normally do during that time, they bring out goats to eat all the vegetation, the small, dry vegetation, mm. um, and... Common occurrence. They, they they do that every year when they get those rains, those big rains. Goats. Goats. That's the solution. Sense. Goats are always the solution. You what? I said it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Even funnier. Um, <laughs> funnier. <laughs> uh, I, I we were watching the satellite stuff. Uh, KCAL has a really cool chopper and a camera on there that shows you through the smoke um, the augmented uh, roadmaps. So you. All you're seeing is smoke, but you could see as the gimbal moves on the camera where the roads are oh, and everything. And so they start pulling out the Thomas guide, these photographers I'm talking to, and they said, we're all along here. Those are all grow fields. That's, that's where all the marijuana is growing. Oh, no. And then they're like, look at the smoke. And there was a lot of white smoke mingled with the... The darker smoke. The darker smoke. The gray stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, no, that's marijuana, and they're not reporting it for some reason. <laughs> oh, no. Is that legal weed or illegal? I think I, it's legal weed. Oh, no. smoke? Yeah. Let me see. Maybe. Maybe that could be it. Ooh, but. man. That's, uh, that's heavy duty. Yeah. That's a bummer. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, uh, I, I got to go. I'm going to go visit Kelly tomorrow. Awesome. Dude, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Kelly's our buddy that's now doing the horticultural things. He's with, got, uh, yeah, he's growing tomatoes. I'm going <laughs> to go help him take a look around. You already talked about it on the podcast. I know, yeah. I know. But now it's getting uh It's getting real, and, yeah. so we got to start diluting the, so, the conversation. Yeah, I, wanna, like, gotcha. I don't really, really want to, you know, throw, <laughs> throw him under the bus. Or yeah. I'm not sure what I can say and what I can't say. So so just don't ruin it. Nope. Not in the same way. I'm I, super psyched, I got to be careful about some things, too. Yeah, there's all kinds of good things happening. You know, like <laughs> everything's coming up Millhouse for me. For me. It's, it's pretty awesome. That's nice. Everything's looking up for old Gil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to ask. Did you see... That's weird. Testing one, two. <laughs> did you watch The Dark Tower? I haven't seen the movie yet. No. Don't. Why? No, it's the book. Just stay with the book. So here's the thing. The whole point of the Dark Tower is that there are other worlds than this. So, of course, there are parallel Dark Tower universes where I, I Roland, like that. Roland is black. I like and that. But the story has a different story because dude, at the end of the book, it starts over again. I love Matthew McConaughey. Uh-huh. Ten out of ten times, can't ruin it. Right. But, you but then you step into that micro universe. That moment where you're like... Oh, come on, dude. So he was not the man in black. He was not Merlin. He was, all right, all right, all right. There was pieces of that. Was like, I love it. I'm being bad right now. I'm the bad guy. Look at look what I can do. I just did that thing. You oh. didn't think I was good. I did it again. See, I stayed. You, you've all read the books, though. Yeah. See, yeah. I've never read the books. You read them all? Uh, no, I'm actually on the second. There's a lot of them. Yeah. So there's no way to ruin it for me because the final book, he seriously apologizes for this. He's like, I ruined it for him. I don't care. It's not, sorry. No, you know what? You you actually appreciate the books that are spoiled. Um, Surveys have gone forward. People like to have things spoiled for them because you miss things along the way when you're trying to figure it out. But when you know what happens, 
you're actually parsing it all out. Because say you're reading a book, it's like, man, this is a crappy book, but I need to finish it to yeah. see what happens. But if you know what happens, then you're actually going deeper into the book and realize, like, that's eh, actually a pretty good book. The final book concludes with the ending, and then Roland realizes that it's all starting over again. But as he's walking through the desert, because in the beginning of the first book, there's no backstory. Mm-hmm. Well, the backstory is he's done all this before, and then he forgets. So at the end of the book, he's like trying not to forget that. You know, he just had this really long adventure. It goes through many, many, many books. It's not about the destination. Mm-hmm. It's about the, the, the journey. journey. Yeah. So when he gets to the destination, he realizes it all just starts over again. There are other worlds than this. So it's not saying it's going to play out the same way. It's not like it's going to repeat, repeat, repeat. It's going to be different. Every journey is going to be different. This is just another journey for Roland and his quartet. This is a different group of people. This is a different... Merlin, a different man in black, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I consider it just part of canon. Okay. I could I could write my own Dark Tower books. Yeah. And it would just be yeah. Roland resetting would, and starting over again. It, it would be, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't. It, they can't ruin it for me that okay. way. I, I set myself up to not get ruined, All but right. I did not go to the theater. We are going to go see uh, The Disaster Artist tomorrow. Oh, I thought you guys were already going to see it this week. I was going to go see it today. Yeah. It came out Thursday, but it, we didn't go see it Thursday. Yeah. But... Uh, I had been telling Deborah, you have to. I, I watched an interview or a video about why people are watching this movie. I'd heard of it before. It's uh, Tommy Wiseau made this movie 14 years ago. It's a terrible movie. It's the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Yes. And it, uh, yeah. the guy that's in the, the book, room, yeah. the room, right. And the guy that's in the movie with him wrote a book with someone else called The Disaster Artist. Mm-hmm. It's the whole backstory of this thing. And uh, James Franco and his brother bought the rights to it, and they're making it. Was they made a movie with Seth Rogen? That's kind of the you know retelling of how this movie was made. So I watched this thing where the guy who wrote the book says, you know, I've watched this movie more than a hundred times, less than one hundred twenty-five times. It's terrible, and and he he breaks down why people like this movie, and then he says, you people say you have to go see it in the theater and I for the first time and I say don't because people will ruin it for you they're throwing spoons at the screen they go talk along it's like rocky horror picture show you have to watch this movie with someone you love so that at the end when you've made it all the way through you can hold one another and just <laughs> just you know confirm to one another that every, everything's going to be okay and I, so I said Deborah you have to help me enjoy this film we have to watch it we laid there in bed last weekend way past bedtime and we watched this movie on an iPad. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, and it's amazingly bad. And now we Y'all quote... Y'all telling me <laughs> apart! I don't want to talk about it. Okay. We, we quote lines from <laughs> yeah. it all the time. He'll, some, a character will bring up a subject. And then the other character will ask them a follow-up question. And the response, nine times out of ten, is, I don't want to talk, talk about, about it. it. <laughs> and you're like... How does that advance the story at all? Like it's bizarre. This movie is absurd. But apparently, you're my favorite customer. Yeah. Hi, Dougie. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. I didn't know that was you. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, the best way to enjoy this is to see uh, the room with someone you love, and then to see the disaster artist, and then to listen to the audio book of the disaster artist because uh, uh, Greg Sestero, the guy who's in the movie with him, who wrote mm-hmm. the book, does a really good Tommy was so impression wow so it doesn't matter that you didn't see it 14 years ago in the theater in la like you don't need to be in on it but apparently also there are people that are in the disaster artist movie that are saying 
if you go see the disaster artist and then see the room, it's like seeing the prequel and then the sequel. Like mm-hmm. you can watch them out of order. It doesn't matter. Like there are many ways to enjoy this thing. It is so like I'm just hoping Franco gets an Oscar for this. He's definitely got to get an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole um I guess they've had him on like Opie and Anthony and like the 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 spin-off show from Opie and Anthony uh uh, uh Jim and and uh Sam mm-hmm. is, is a show on Sirius XM, but they also have a woman um uh, Named Sandy Kane, who is like this weird stripper that's like this bizarre person. And she's in some movie called The Florida Project. And I'm not sure what it is, but apparently it's getting Oscar buzz too. Hmm. Like all these weird people are are now attached to like Oscars. Well, it's it's funny because this is the year to be that movie in the Oscars because... You've you've always been going against Harvey Weinstein and his campaigning of all his movies, everything out of his production company. And he's toast. It's not happening right, right now. Like they're they're scrimping right now. So <laughs> so this is a chance where it's actually going to be marketed to every Oscar um, Academy member, right? That can now vote. I'm just glad I got to enjoy the room with Deborah. You need to now sit down with Rose and watch the room. I don't know if I could do that. To her. Make it through. It's an hour and thirty seven. I've minutes. seen it. Yeah. Oh, you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. You sat right through it all the way. Yeah. That, well, no, it took me two days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I remember, yeah, it took me two days. I, I wouldn't have enjoyed that movie if you didn't show me that little short clip video. Of that guy explaining. Yes. Because you, yeah. let, you have me watch things with you, and at the end, I'm angry that I lost like an hour and 45 minutes of my life. That would be th- that. Citizen Toxie. Uh, no, that was this movie called The Party that I watched. Because I like, um, what's his name? Many movies. He yeah. Does that to me too. <laughs> no, uh, Cillian, Cillian Murphy. Um, okay. Uh, you know who he is, right? Uh, he's Scarecrow in uh, Batman. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Um, he's awesome. And I was like, oh, watch this. Black and white. That sounds good. Sure. And it's one of those movies where you're just getting into it. It's, it's this lady's getting a promotion. I think she's becoming prime minister or something like that. So she just invites people to come over to her house, just a simple house the size. And... And and it just builds up to okay, this person's sleeping with this person. Oh no, this person's sleeping with this person. Oh no, oh the lesbians are there. What do you mean you had a boyfriend once upon a time? Oh no, and then I had that what if because they show you the very last scene of the movie Uh at the very beginning. Oh good lord! But you know, so you're like, oh, when's that thing gonna happen? So then I said, well, what if? What if she's sleeping with that same person that everybody's connected to? And at the very end of the movie. She answers the door, and it's that person. And then you, fig- you it, figured it out. Yeah, and it's like, uh, and I watch it because, like, all right, it's an hour twenty minutes. I could do this, but then I was like, dang it! Right. I want an hour twenty. I would have done other things right now. You want your time? It wasn't an enjoyable journey. It was yeah. just. It was just. Trauma films makes terrible movies on purpose. Samurai mm-hmm. Cop and all the Toxic Avenger movies. And mm-hmm. we, we watched... Is the one where you're giving my head a stomachache? You're giving my head a stomachache was the line <laughs> that we came away with. But yeah, <laughs> Citizen Toxie was the movie that we... I'd never seen a trauma film and I wanted to watch one. I was like, I want to watch one of these bad movies. Let's watch this one. And apparently enjoying bad movies uh, is a sign of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... and uh, like Deborah was mad. She's like, I feel stupider for having watched this, but she was really pissed that we watched this Citizen Toxie movie. Let me rephrase that. It was okay. bad on it purpose. It wasn't that I was angry. 
I have a lot going on. Okay. And at the time, wait, I, I my, haven't heard that at all tonight. Stop, yeah. stop. At, at the time he had me watch this, I was in a master's program. We yeah. had a little baby. Uh, mm. My mother was living with us. We had too much going on. And he had me watch this. I thought it was going to be like spectacular. Oh, no. And then it was like, because he didn't prepare me for what it was. And I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for the joke. Like, Okay, is this a dream? Why? What is? Oh, mm, it's not I'm good. So angry with him. Yeah, any toxic Avenger movie. I mean, they're bad on purpose. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. trauma films is bad on mm-hmm. purpose. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't. I know. Can we that, talk- and then that other movie, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I just was so angry. You made me go see that with you. Really? Yes. Because you gotta okay. understand, I had so much going on. You gotta pop that bubble every once in a while. I know. That's what I was trying to do. Like, yeah, Yeah. let's go see something that's just not gonna make any sense. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, if if (laughs) Middle Ground UHF, that does it for me. Yeah, exactly. I love that movie. It's a beautiful film. I saw it by myself. I got a personal screening. I remember that That movie was so bad that I went to the theater on a Tuesday at 7 p.m. and got the entire theater to myself. Well, it's because everybody was in Purple Rain at the same time. And Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever it was. I don't know what was out that week, but boy, I was so happy. I've never been happier to be in a movie theater. Like, I got the whole place to myself. It didn't matter what movie it was. I felt like a rich man. (laughs) I was was a millionaire watching UHF. All right. Can we we talk about good movies for a second? Sure. Did you watch the documentary, um, Andy and Jim? Andy and Jim. Yes, I did. Oh, my gosh. Was that not great? Loved it. Beautiful. That thing felt like five minutes. It felt like a five-minute YouTube video where I'm like, I just didn't want it to end. So this is the documentary about the making of the movie Man on the Moon, Jim Carrey portraying Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And Jim Carrey had the cameras following him as he became Andy Kaufman. But did you watch the credits when he goes in and talks to Zamuda? And it's almost like it's almost like this whole act was an act. You know what's funny about Netflix is they will jump to the next show. Oh, but it's, the cre- it's the during the credits and it starts to, and I pushed left back to the screen as it's going to credits and clicked on it and back up. And I did watch the entire okay. credits and the after credits scene. Yeah. I was okay. like, this can't be all. And you will not be taking me to the next thing that you want me to see in six seconds. <laughs> yeah. I will. <laughs> exactly. Zip back. I am sticking How around. How dare here. you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I, it was very Kaufman-esque, the documentary, because you're left wondering still, did they just edit this and play us? I, did Jim Carrey become that much of a... Of a, of a well, did he become Andy Kaufman? Does did he it, Andy Kaufman everyone for the sake of Andy Kaufmaning everybody? Right. Yeah, I, it was Be, amazing. Because we're not spoiling anything here. No. If you guys know what we're talking about and you care about this, then you already know the whole history. That movie bombed. But, did you know that? What? The Man on the Moon movie. It bombed? It bombed, dude. It did not make wow. back its, uh, the, the money they spent on it. It was a bomb. I didn't know that. It was a flop. I'm sorry. I'm looking this up. No, uh, I, it's but, not that I don't doubt yeah, you. I just want to see the numbers on it. There's a story about Jim Carrey where I guess he was in a relationship with a woman, and uh, he, she... He gave her herpes. He, yeah. And, and she committed suicide. Yeah. Like, it's really dark, but Jim Carrey is definitely controlling the simulation like that dude has manifested everything like his entire life is reflected in the movies that he's made that whole 10 million dollar check thing mm-hmm. you know he he wrote himself a 10 million dollar check uh he never cashed it he put it in his dad's pocket when he his dad got to see him succeed 
uh, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Ooh. And, and right, it tanked, right? Eighty-two million dollar budget and thirty-four million dollar gross did not do good. And I enjoyed that movie. I, did we that, that was together? one of my that yeah. was one of my favorites. Loved it. In fact, I loved it so much. Yeah, Father's Day. I, I liked took it. it was a good movie. Yeah. Father's Day. I copied this whole thing to Beta. Uh huh. And went into the newsroom in ABC station there in Palm Springs, and I edited out all the dirty or whatever so my dad could watch it. <laughs> of course, now I watch radar movies with my dad, you know. <laughs> but it was so cool. It was one of those things where I just wanted to have it in our house so we could watch it whenever. Right. Instead of waiting for it to be on TV. But I bleeped out every swear word, cut out every nude scene. Wow. Like, I have that VHS You used somewhere. your skills... On that film to yeah. make the David and, Isbell cut of and, that movie. And it's so funny because um, I remember other Mormons being like, oh, my gosh, like, you're still watching it. You're still watching it just because you're editing it. You're still watching it. As like, yeah, but I'm taking it all out. Yeah, VidAngel. And then, and you then did you, VidAngel. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then I got, like, other friends who weren't LDS who just thought that, would think, that was, like, the craziest, coolest thing to do for mm-hmm. your dad was to censor it so you have this clean version of a really good movie. Yeah, if they're like, I won't watch a rated R movie, you're like, I'll fix that. Yeah. I'll make it PG-13. Yeah. Gotcha. It doesn't, it doesn't ruin the movie at all, I bet, to take no, out. No, it does. It takes out that, that, that brothel scene. And, okay. Um, and then just the F word a couple times and cleans yeah. up. Yeah, it was bizarre watching that Andy and me, though, because what was the scene? The, my favorite thing was him saying that uh, uh, Milos Foreman called him. <laughs> on the phone uh, to speak to, to he spoke to, he called can Jim Carrey. Can, can I talk to Jim, please? No, he spoke, he called Jim. And, oh, yeah, he, yeah. and he's like, Jim, like, I have never been so intimidated by anybody. Uh, uh, Bob Zamuda, you know, it's like, he, he's bossing me around. And, you know, like, Andy does this to me. And Andy is so uncooperative. And Jim is like, well, I mean, I guess we could fire them. From the movie, and then I could come in and pretend to be them. <laughs> and he goes, "No, no, we don't want to do that. I just wanted to talk to Jim. Like <laughs> Jim Carrey never showed up on set as Jim Carrey. They they show it in this documentary. He was always Andy Kaufman, or always uh, uh, what's the not Bob Zamuda? What's the the Tony character? Clifton? Tony Clifton. Yeah. Tony Clifton." When he was there as Tony Clifton, when Tony Clifton was on set, he was always Tony Clifton, and he was impossible to he, deal with. And I was talking about this with my boss because we've worked with talent when, you know, you've got 30 minutes before the sun's going to come out, and it's going to get hot, makeup's going to melt. Yeah. You just got to get it done right. And the talent just starts talking and goofing. It's just like, I just need to move you right here and just get this done. <laughs> when we saw that scene with... Jim Carrey being Tony Clifton, had to shoot the Tony Clifton scenes for Taxi. Yeah. That look that I have internally and externally was on the face of all the production. Just like, <laughs> we just need to do this. I get it. You're being character, but being character according to script on set over here. And he wasn't doing it. And everybody was insanely stressed. So I'm just thinking about this $83 million. Like, how much of that was just time that was wasted? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I get it, but oh my gosh. Just like, takes that ended up on it. I want to do it again. Like he would just want to do shot scenes again just because he wanted to be difficult. Yeah. And, and like people are trying to figure out whether it was a work because uh, uh, Jerry Lawler, the wrestler who he pretended to have a beef with in real life, in real life they were friends. They were friends. partners. They were in on the joke. Mm-hmm. But 
when Jim Carrey was being Andy Kaufman, he was always like getting being on Jerry Lawler's nerves. Yeah. And you wonder. Jerry and Lawler's L- like, hey, this wasn't the relationship I had with Andy. Like, oh. He's saying it to Jim Carrey. Right. Well, he's saying it to Andy. And, 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 yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, like you wonder because Lawler's used to people staying in character all the time. Mm-hmm. If maybe he was staying in character or if it actually pushed him and to another level. And that's what I get from the cutscene in the, in the uh, credits. Yeah. Was we're, we may have been played during that period of time, too. Right. I mean, that offered a lot of great publicity. The fact that they had all of the media camped outside of a studio about the making of a movie. Right. Dude, this is pre-internet days still. So we weren't getting that same kind of buzz that you would get today. Like, oh, that's a marketing scheme. I mean, that was really well orchestrated, and it got a lot of natural buzz. I didn't see if they got how they got the footage from Playboy. Maybe Playboy gave it back to them eventually. But oh, there's, yeah. there's footage in there where... No, they were getting kicked out. The they were getting kicked out, guy. but the guy was saying, you're not leaving here with that footage. Right. We're taking your camera. We're taking that footage. He went to the... They sent Bob Zamuda as Tony Clifton to the Playboy Mansion, and everyone thought it was Jim Carrey in character. And then Jim showed up, and they're like, grab that dude. <laughs> that dude is not welcome here. So they grabbed Bob Zamuda doing uh, Tony <laughs> Clifton and kicked him out. And they were like, you are not leaving here with that footage. Like, they had a camera following him the whole time, and they were like, "That you're not getting out of here. But obviously it's in the documentary, so somehow they mm-hmm. got it back. Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I don't know. Maybe Playboy <laughs> they, they, gave it up. Nah, they pulled it from uh, Hugh Hefner's dead hands. Like yeah. They, they, they were <laughs> waiting for him to die. Whole dead hands. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That was so. the whole thing holding up the whole documentary was that Playboy footage. Yeah, so it all worked out. But that, I want to actually watch the documentary again, and I want to watch the movie again because of it. Right. Um, I, it was... I think what I appreciate was uh, Andy Kaufman didn't never got to meet his daughter, um, so she got to meet Jim Carrey. Being oh, that was weird, Andy Kaufman. But that's what I appreciate yeah. is that we didn't have to see the weird. Yeah, the, they didn't show that. They didn't show that, and and it makes me think that maybe he did drop his guard and he became Jim Carrey during that. But they did show him interacting with Andy's mom and dad I, and. They seemed to enjoy... But there was narration over that. Right. There were some gnat sounds that pop up between that. So I think it really carried the persona that Jim is Andy. So so you, that, that's where I think we were being played. I think it really brings... It heightens that. So do you think that he told them, look, I'm going to stay in character all of this time, but... They went ahead and enjoyed it. Like, knowing that Jim was going to do this, they went ahead and just took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going to break character, so we can hug him, and we can get into an argument with him, and we can treat him like Andy and kind of get out some of the things we never got to get out with Andy because we know he's not going to break character. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure they used it as a therapeutic, you know, like, this guy's going to be our punching bag. Everything that we never got to say <laughs> to Andy... He's not, Jim's not going to come out and defend himself. Yeah. Like, we can have Andy back for a while. Yeah. And and get on him or, you know, hug him and all that stuff. I'm sure they enjoyed it on that level, even if they were in on the joke. I'm sure, you know, they, they probably slipped into it. I agree. Yeah. One last thing. Um, I'm really proud of our friends. Our friends do cool stuff. Tom Grover spoke before the Nevada Supreme Court. Oh, nice. I was watching the live stream on that. I didn't understand a single word he said. But I was watching the hour going into it, just yeah. making sure I wouldn't miss him. And then I saw him finally sitting re- while they're at recess, and Tom getting all excited, getting ready to do his thing. And another lawyer made his presentation and got a couple interruptions. Tom got up and was interrupted upon interruption upon interruption from the um, Supreme Court. 
just, well, it doesn't that mean this, it doesn't mean this. Freaking Tom did awesome. Yeah. Held his own, didn't have that stumbling awkwardness or anything. He, I, again, I, it was like probate issues or something regarding that. Right. Like Super wonky. I don't understand it, but Tom was solid on that, did nice. really well on it. So I thought it was really cool seeing a friend of ours testifying before the Nevada Supreme Court. That's freaking crazy. That's cool. Nice. So, so I was wondering on. if Carl Bunce was going to come to the podcast anymore. Like, he hasn't talked to me since I told him I was running for lieutenant governor. Oh, are you serious? Against Michael Roberson. Yeah. Ha- have you tried reaching out directly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. It's, nah. Uh, yeah. I I he's, he's busy. Like, he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. I want him on the podcast. Yeah. I like having him here on the podcast. No, I agree too. Yeah. All right. Well, go to his house next week. Um, no. <laughs> All right. I got stuff to do. All right. Well, then no podcast next week. Sorry. Well, guys. Oh, we're doing the podcast at his house? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, oh, you're not going to be here next week. My mom will be here. Okay. Though. Your mom can do the podcast. I'll show up over yeah, here. Yes, she can. Me and your mom will do it. Yeah. That'll be cool. All right. All right. Well, I guess we'll podcast when we podcast again. It's yeah. been sporadic. Yep. That's how we do it. Okay. All right. Well, peace and love, everyone. Deborah, right. thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks to our advertisers. Hit me up on at Juggalo Patriot. And at Dave ATM. And on Twitter. And Twitter and blah, blah, blah. All right. <laughs> Peace. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.